morning, Bucknutters. It is Thursday, February 21st, 2019. I am Dan Rubin. This is the Bucknuts Morning 5 and Change. You've missed the dulcet tones of Steve Wolfong. He was on vacation for a week. 24-7 Sports Director of Recruiting back in Indianapolis. Steve, how are you? Good morning, Daniel. Doing well. Excited to be back on with you, brother. Where was vacation? Staycation. The Wiltfongs moved four miles down the road, so that's how I spent my vacation, emptying boxes. That's always fun, especially with small children around, but the Wiltfong empire is expanding, so too is that of Ohio State. I want to talk recruiting a little bit today and maybe clear up a little bit of a misconception that we have talked about here ad nauseum, and that is the finish to the class of 2019. No one in Columbus was super impressed with the overall ranking. But when you dig into the numbers, I believe that ranking was 14, sir. When you dig into the numbers, Ohio State actually had a fine class and had the number three average per recruit. Still, class of 2020 will be Ryan Day's first full class. And there is a major push to put together something sweet. They're off to a really good start. Steve returned from vacation and got his really good start by opening with a story about day surge in 2020. We'll get into the details, but kind of give us the idea for why you put that together. Well, look, I know Ohio State, it was trendy for national media that didn't do any kind of dive. And I said a slightly deep dive because it wasn't hard to discover that Ohio State signed a really good class in 18. But I mean, they went top five three years in a row, including number two in 2017 and 2018. And you almost kind of forget that they went number two in 2017 and 2018. We hadn't talked about that in, in a long time. Um, and Ohio State had the most talented football roster in the country last year when the season started, according to the 24-7 Sports Composite Recruiting Rankings. Um, and, and, and they added the third most talented class uh, pound for pound last year's cycle. So uh, infused that ro- injected that roster with, with uh, another extremely talented group. And then here we are in 2020, Ohio State's uh, at number five in the 24-7 sports composite team rankings, led by the nation's number one offensive tackle recruit, Paris Johnson, and the nation's number one center, Luke Whipler, who's as fine an offensive line prospect as there is in this class. Jackson Smith and the Jigba, a receiver out of the state of Texas, another big-time guy in my opinion, 1,819 yards receiving as a junior, 20 touchdowns. I talked to a source about Jackson early in the week. The first thing he pointed to was look at what he did in the state playoff game against Allen, uh, the powerhouse uh, um, small college team there in Texas. Just kidding, but he put up 267 yards and three touchdowns in a playoff game against Allen, so he's a performer on the big stage. So you really like the start that Ohio State's had so far in this class, and they're in on a lot of extremely talented, highly ranked guys moving forward as they push back to where everyone's used to seeing them in in the main rankings. There's a lot of ways we can go with this. Here's my first question. As I look at the class so far, you mentioned uh, Jackson. There's also a commitment from Keith Scott Jr., uh, the talented wide receiver. 
What strikes me as really interesting, though, is they're in the mix, though, for several other receivers, including Julian Fleming and Marcus Roseme. What is the push for receivers? Why would four receivers of that ilk consider joining one class? Again, it's in Rakeem Jarrett is another young man that Ohio State. I forgot him, number five, yeah. Yeah, they're in the thick of it for Rakeem, although Rakeem's starting to get some SEC eyes. Ohio State really going to have to fight for, for Rakeem Jarrett, really for a lot of these guys, Marcus Rosenby from South Florida, St. Thomas Aquinas, um, Julian Fleming. He he recently narrowed his list to six, and you got Clemson in there. He down the road from Penn State. His girlfriend goes to Penn State. Uh, he's been the you can send a mail at Penn State, and he could pick it up. That's how often he's been to the local school, and uh, they're doing a fine job recruiting him. But Ohio State, they've really impressed Julian Fleming. Talks to Ryan Day almost daily. Has built a really good relationship with Coach Brian Hartline. For receivers, a position where obviously several guys can make an impact at one time. It's never a. It's rarely a position where I see a prospect say they're loaded in that room, so I'm not going to go there. And plus, Julian Fleming is the number one receiver in the country. He should not care who else is in the class, who came before him, who's coming after him. If you are the alpha dog, which I think he is, he is an incredible prospect. Um, he, he Don't be intimidated by what's around you. Go to a place uh, that can bring the best out of you, and I think he sees that at Ohio State, among others. If there's a little bit of unfortunate news that's developed lately, it's that DMV native Brian Breezy appears headed to Clemson. I saw your crystal ball flip, and then I saw Shannon Terry's crystal ball flip, which led me to believe that uh, the Breezy's have already filed their application papers and probably have a dorm assignment. What's up with Breezy? Well, I think that Georgia still has something to say about that, but I do like Clemson for, for Breezy, who's returning to Clemson for the spring game. That'll be his fourth visit to Clemson since the fall, so uh, there's no question he's got high interest in Clemson, and they've done a terrific job recruiting him. Uh, Ohio State, I think, is in the top four, but I think that they're probably in that four slot if I had to rank where they stood at this point. So not much more to add there regarding the Buckeyes right now for the 24-7 sports top-ranked prospect. Okay, but they're also in the mix for some other guys that are interesting. Let's talk about Mikhail Sherman, who is Rakeem Jarrett's teammate in D.C., and then a little bit about Justin Rogers. Yeah, so again, those are going to be some slugfest, heavyweight fight-type recruitments, and, and Mikhail Sherman in the fall uh, was definitely a guy that was considered an Ohio State lean. You know, we'll see where things pick up this summer. Justin Rogers, uh, was I, I, my crystal ball at one point was on Ohio State. Now it's on Georgia, but, but Ohio State's still pushing extremely hard for him as well, and, and he's a major target, the number one recruit in the state of Michigan. What's your vibe on the Florida corners, Fred Gray? Excuse me, Fred Gray. Fred Davis and Henry Gray. Well, I think Fred Davis is going to go to Clemson as things stand right now. I think the Tigers have the edge for Henry or for Fred Davis. Uh, for Henry Gray, Ohio State's kind of been trending a bit on the on the twenty four seven Sports Crystal Ball, including our uh, Miami insider Andrew Ivins, who lives in South Florida. He's a Crystal Ball forecast to follow on Henry Gray, and he's riding with the Buckeyes. Uh, 
Legend Cavazos was committed to Ohio State. Everyone was excited about that. He decommitted after Urban bailed. And he seems like he's kind of rising up the radar. When he decommitted, I did have some people tell me that there wasn't exactly a ton of tears about that. But it does seem like he's proving himself out on the circuit. What's your vibe on where Cavazos ends up? Well, this is the time of year where Legend's going to shine because he is an incredible athlete that's going to lay it down when it's time to test at any point. You know, I'm looking forward to seeing Legend do something on on the football field in the fall. Um, but certainly you see athletically why he's a guy that these college staffs are recruiting. And when he rolls out of bed, he's got some gifts that other young men don't have. Um, but I have yet to really see him lay it down in pads. Um, so do am I excited about him if I can get him in my class? Yes. Do I have some question marks about him if I get him in my class? Yes. Um, but Ohio State's certainly still recruiting him. The running back position is an interesting one here. Obviously, Ohio State has the Arizona commitment from Jack Miller. His teammate, Darvon Hubbard, also committed. But I've heard, I'm hearing a lot about other names, one of them being Bijan Robinson. Do you expect Hubbard to end up in the class? I don't know about Hubbard. Um, I just know that Bijan Robinson is a priority of all priorities for Ohio State. When you talk about all the names that they're they're recruiting, he he's a guy that they absolutely covet. Um, arguably the top running back in the country in in his class, six foot, two hundred pounds out of Tucson, South Point Catholic, currently the number three running back in the 24-7 sports rankings. But uh, he, he's a guy that um, there is a lot of buzz about him in Ohio State. Ohio State is all in on B. John Robinson. Do you think it will be Michigan or Penn State competing with Ohio State for the Big Ten recruiting title in 2020 cycle? Um. I don't know. It's it's pretty early. Penn State's in us. I guess I'd say Penn State early. They're, we've talked about it a lot on the show. They're, they've proven that they can be Ohio State's adversary on the trail and beat the Buckeyes for some kids where in the Big Ten, I, I feel like in the head-to-heads, Ohio State still wins the majority of them. Penn State's been the one that's been able to get their get their shots in as well. If there's a recruit out there, for example, this comes up in the case of Sammy Anderson, class of 2020, defensive back with Madison here in Dayton. It almost feels like to me with a recruit, the four biggies in the Midwest, I may be, I may be being a little bit wide with my region here, but Ohio State, Penn State, Notre Dame, and Michigan, it seems to me like prospects are waiting to get into that top four to get an offer, and the first one tends to make an impact. Michigan has offered Sammy Anderson. Do you agree with that, though, in terms of the Midwest, those four schools kind of watch each other and wait to offer, and then when the first one does, it definitely gathers the interest of the others? Well, I think that you certainly, when when Penn State or offers someone and Ohio State hasn't offered yet or vice versa, you check your eval, your own eval. And, and, and what did we think? Did we agree? Did we disagree? Have we evaled? You know, and so I do think that there's people in all those offices paying attention to what, and it's not just those four schools. You know, if 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 
Tennessee goes into the state of Michigan and offers an offensive lineman from Dwajak, which happened last week, I would think that those four schools either have their finger on that kid already and said, what do we, you know, we don't like or we do like, um, or we're still monitoring or we want to get to camp, or we need to do a deeper dive on this kid. So I don't think it's just the self-assessment of those four programs. I think it's just having a constant awareness of what everybody's doing. Let's put a bow on today's show, the theme being Ryan Day's 2020 vision. I think there were some people who expected an immediate drop-off in recruiting when Irvin left. What evidence of a drop-off have you seen on the trail? Well, I haven't seen any yet, but we talked about these recruiting battles, these these blue chippers. Urban Meyer could close them. We will see if what Ryan Day and company can do with these elite five-star. I'm looking at the SEC also, um, the SEC powers also. Um, can we come mm-hmm. There you have it, people. Ryan Day has stepped into the ring with the biggies. He's done well so far, but we will see down the stretch. We appreciate Steve stopping by. Have a good one, Buck Nutter. Thanks, guys. See you in the front row.